This is a JT exclusive interview. If you are a business owner, brand, company, or anyone selling a product and you want to advertise on this podcast, email the show directly at onairwithjt at gmail.com. We are offering extremely low rates for a limited time. Once again, email the show at onairwithjt at gmail.com. Listen to On Air with JT on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Go to onairwithjt.com. How's it going, everybody? You are listening to On Air with JT. This is an exclusive interview with comedian Adam Mueller. How are you doing, Adam? I'm very good. How are you? I'm doing really good, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. You know, I, uh, I actually discovered you. I was, you know, uh, scrolling on Instagram and I seen some of your content on the, the New York Comedy Club Instagram page. So that's, oh, how, awesome. that's how I came across your content. Uh, sure. and, and that, it's actually funny because uh, so even though I'm a huge, you know, comedy fan, um, this is kind of embarrassing to say I've only been to one comedy club and okay. the New York Comedy Club was actually the first time I, when I went to New York City for the first time a couple of years ago. Um, I went there and it was a really, really cool experience. So definitely when I go back to New York in like the next month or so, I plan on going back there and trying to hit up a few different other spots. Um, what do you what do you what? recommend that I what, what other really good comedy clubs are um, yeah, really, yeah. really popular in New York City? Well, I'll tell you what, first I just say that it's pretty cool that you can, um, in today's day and age, how you can be a comedy fan and you can, you can consume so much content mm-hmm. on, you know, Instagram and, and YouTube and whatnot. Um, and you can, you can actually kind of become a fan and never not having gone to a club that much. But I would say that there's nothing quite like going to a comedy club and experiencing it live. You get sort of the energy and the, the atmosphere is, is, is a lot of fun, but, yeah. um, like in New York, if you if the one club you were at was New York Comedy Club, you went to the right place. That's a that's a great, great sort of New York City club. It's like the right size. They know what they're doing. You don't have to worry about what the lineup is. You just go, and you're going to get a great show. So um, that's a good spot. Of course, you know the the Comedy Cellar yeah, in New York definitely. is you know world famous. You know, along with the uh, probably the Comedy Cellar in New York and the Comedy Store in L.A. are probably the two most famous. Uh, comedy clubs of the world, but there's a lot in New York. You can go to, um, uh, sta- you know, the, it's called the Stand, which is also, which is not too far from New York Comedy Club actually, and is uh, okay. another great, great spot. And there's there's um, two great clubs on the Upper West Side, Stand Up New York and West Side Comedy Club. You got the Comic Strip on the Upper East Side. Um, there's, yeah, there's there's a, there's a, there's a <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot, and then there's some smaller. Um, you know, smaller clubs as well that are also great. Like there's a new, a relatively new club called the Brooklyn Comedy Club. Uh, okay. If you if you cross the uh, East River going to Brooklyn, and it's a little bit smaller, but it's kind of a cool venue as well. So there's lots, but uh, but New York you can't go wrong if you go to New York Comedy Club. That's for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a really cool experience, at least from you know my point of view and my perspective. Um, yeah, but yeah. So, so Adam, where, where did you grow up? Where were you born? So I grew up. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I grew up in Canada, and uh, okay. I guess more specifically, I was I was born and went to high and then went, and went to high school in in Toronto. Uh, but between that, like when I was when I was little, we moved uh, to Western Canada for a few years there. So I spent a little time in Calgary, Alberta, and then back to Toronto for high school, and then moved down to uh, the U.S. You know, for college, and just uh, never left. 
Wow. So I've only been to Canada once. I actually plan on going. I actually want to go to Toronto this year. But how far mm. away is um, like Calgary from Toronto? Oh, wow. Cal- that's is it like oh, really gosh, far? That'd be like, that'd be like going from Boston to like Montana. Oh, wow. Oh. So it's yeah, it's pretty wow. far. I mean, it's not all the way to the West Coast, but mm. it's you know, it's it's pretty it's close enough. Wow, I did not know that. Um, yeah, so, so that's a pretty, that's uh, a long, that's a long, it's probably a four, four hour flight or something. Wow. That, that's, it's a big distance. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah. when did you, when did you move to the States? Um, like I moved for college, so okay. I was probably 17 or 18. Oh, so you like went that. from, you went from Toronto to Boston? I went from Toronto to Maine. Oh, okay. Where I went to Boston, to oh, okay. New York. Wow. That's and, and then briefly to LA and then back to New York. That's kind of my that's my geographically, that's my life. What what was that like transition like, you know, coming from, you know, Canada to, you know, Toronto, Calgary, and then, you know, going to like, you know, seeing Boston and, and then eventually like New York City. But like that when you went even even going to Maine, you know, up north, like, yeah, you know, was it like a little was it everything that you had kind of expected or was it a little bit of like a culture shock to a certain extent or not? Really? Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting question because I think because of the age when I moved. Mm. And the fact that I was going to college, um, it was a pretty seamless transition because I'd never really, I'd never been like an adult with a job with my own money in Canada. Mm-hmm. You know, by the time I had finished, you know, college and got a job, I was living in Boston. Mm. Um, so to me, it's like, oh, this is just what a city living in a city as an adult is like. I didn't really perceive any difference. Mm. And I think, you know, I think. I think, like, I think there are differences between Canada and the U.S., but a lot of them are are pretty sort of subtle and cultural and around, you know, things like the philosophies around healthcare and, you know, s- stuff like that. But just from a day-to-day, like, life perspective, you know, it's a pre- that's a pretty easy move. Yeah, I can imagine. And, and what did you, what did you uh, study? What was your major when, when you went to, so you went to MIT in, initially, right? No, I went, to, I went to Colby College in Maine. Okay first and then i ended up getting a ma- i got a master's at mit later on but um wow i was like a finance economics guy business guy um in school so at colby i majored in economics and um i wouldn't i wouldn't have thought i'd end up doing stand-up comedy in a million years because i was gonna i was gonna ask you that because you know i um I've been podcasting, you know, since 2010 on and off, but now I, I really want, oh, wow. I, I, really want to, I really want to get into acting and, you know, just like mm. comedy, you know, it, it's, a, it's a risk, you know, it's a, you know, you know what you're getting into when you go into something like that. And obviously you're, you know, very intelligent. You went to MIT as well. You went to, you know, Tufts, you know, did you, you know, think from like an like a, a analytical aspect, like, you know, is this the right, should I be doing this? Because, you know, you obviously are very smart and, you know, with, you know, the, the, you know, those degrees on your resume, you know, getting jobs, you know, you know, you know, you know, the difference in like what you, you know, could be making versus what you'll be making starting off as a comic. If you don't have a day job on top of that, like, you know, did you, did you kind of put in all those factors or were you just like, no, like, this is what I want to do. You know, I don't, I don't care about, and I don't care what the money or I don't care what people think or were you just, or was it something you had to kind of think about for a little bit? Yeah, no, it's a, that's a good question. Like I, it's, it's a very good question and it's not, um, 
it wasn't as thought out mm. as it could have been. Okay. In the sense that like there was not, this was not, there was no sort of plan. Mm. It, it all just sort of happened. And, um, you know, when I think about it, like, I don't know that in their first five years of comedy, I don't know anyone who's lost more money than me. Um, if you consider like what I could have been making, yeah. like if I just, you know, stayed in the corporate workforce or whatever, but, um, no, it just kind of happened. And, uh, and, you know, I'm glad it did. It wasn't it wasn't some master plan, and I'm lucky because I did work for a while. So I have you know when I started doing stand up, I had a little bit of savings. Okay. Well, so it's smart. so it's a little little less stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've I have a lot of respect for the people that you know in their early 20s that start doing that really want to do something like stand up or or acting or music or or anything in the arts mm-hmm. where it's very hard to make much money. Um, a very, 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 very small subset of people make it big and everyone else struggles exactly. and, uh, and kind of committing to that without any kind of parachute is, um, that's pretty intense. And a lot of people do, and, yeah. um, good for, you know, I, res- I, I have a great deal of respect for that. In my case, it was like, I just didn't find, I just never even re- I never even thought about it. It's not that I dismissed it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, I really want to do this, but I can't because it's too risky. I never even thought of it as a possibility. Of going into um, comedy? Yeah, or or anything like artistic or creative. I never even thought about it. I was like, I can't, you know, you got to get a job and make money and blah, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, were you, and then it was, um, yeah. I don't mean to cut you off, but were you like really funny as a kid or was this something that you, you know, you kind of developed later on or throughout life, you know, no. your, your, your sense of humor yeah. and your, you know, comedy style. I mean, funny looking maybe, but um, <laughs> I, 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 like, I wasn't, you know, I feel like, I, I, you know, it's funny because other people might, that knew me back then might say something different, but I didn't, I never felt like I was the class clown or like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But I did, you know, I do think like over, especially in the, like when I, in the corporate world, I felt like I was always the guy that would crack the joke to break the tension when everyone was getting a little tense around some sort of deadline or something. And, um, and I do think that I've always kind of seen the funny in things, but, uh, but I wasn't like always cracking jokes or anything like that. Wow. So when, when, so you grad, you graduated and then how many years did you work in like the corporate field? And, and t- I worked for like a day. De- I worked like for like a decade. Oh, wow. Like okay. 10 years. Yeah. 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 I worked for a while. So, um, what, so, so what age did you get into comedy? When did you really like start taking it serious? Well, it's, it's interesting. Cause I took like in 2010, I, I, uh, I took a comedy, a standup comedy class and, um, for anyone listening doesn't really know how that works. You basically, um, any class of anywhere from like 10 to 15, 20 people. And you go once a week and everyone goes up in front of the room and tries to do, you know, three to five minutes of jokes. And then there's some sort of feedback. And usually at the end of like six weeks of going one, and then you, and then you look what worked and what didn't work. The whoever's teaching the class gives you some thoughts and comments and ideas. And you come back next week and you try again. Mm. And after six weeks of that, usually there's some sort of show. And you, everyone in the class invites their family and friends and you get to try sort of doing stand up. Um, a lot of the classes, like in New York anyway, a lot of the classes, the shows are in like a, a an actual comedy club. So it's kind of a fun thing. If you've always wanted to be on the stage and don't know how to do it, that's one way to do it. But um, um, I took the class in 2010. It wasn't because I was like all of a sudden I wanted to be a comedian. It was more like for public speaking and confidence because I was mm. – 
I was meeting with a lot of like CEOs and CFOs of companies and having to present to them and stuff. And it was always very nerve wracking. Caused me a lot of it. Nerve wracking. Yeah. yeah. I can I, only I just, imagine. Yeah. And for some reason, and this is the one thing I've never quite, I don't quite remember because I've been asked this question before. I don't know how in my mind I connected. Oh, if I want to be less anxious when I'm presenting to like corporate management, I should take a stand up comedy <laughs> class. Um, it's kind of the polar but opposite. I st- yeah, I don't know, but I stand by. I think in my head somehow I decided, you know, if I try, if I try to be funny in front of a room of people, uh-huh. and I'm not, then that's way worse than just presenting to a CEO. So if I can handle that, I can handle anything. I think that was the idea, and um, and I really mindset. enjoyed it. Yeah, I really enjoyed the class, but um, I, I didn't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So I took the class. I had one class show, and then I did one more. Someone who was at the class show asked me to do a second show um so i did that sec- so the next week i did one more and then then i didn't that was 2010 and then i didn't do comedy again until 2017 just because i was still in the workforce you know i didn't have the time but i always remembered how much i enjoyed it and then in 20 well it's probably 20 middle of 2016 or something i was at a, i had um I was working at an investment management company and they closed the business down and a bunch of us kind of basically got, got laid off because they closed the whole business unit down. And so I had some time while I was looking for another job Mm. and I was, I was in New York. I'd moved back to New York because that's where there's more finance jobs. And I just thought, well, you can't search for a job for 24 hours a day. So I should also do something that's just fun. And I, and someone, I don't remember who it was, but someone's like, Hey, there's that, that class you, that comedy class you took, you know, seven years ago, you always talk about it. Why don't you do that again while you have the time? And I was like, that's a great idea. Yeah. So I took this, I took the exact same class, you know, six, seven years later, same teacher, you know, the show was at the same club. And, um, and then the only difference there is after the six weeks was over, I just kept going. Okay. And then eventually I just, eventually I just stopped looking for a job. So you've been really like take you've been really taking it serious for like six years. Yeah, like five and a half, five, five and a half, six years, okay. where I've treated it like a job. Okay. Like I've like I've treated it like I get up in the morning and I'm and I'm writing, I'm watching, I'm making notes, I'm writing jokes, and then I'm going out at night and trying the jokes and that sort of thing. Okay, I'm a little naive to the whole process, obviously, because I'm just not a comic, but I'm just fascinated by it. But especially mm. like in the New York and obviously, you know, L.A. scene, but, you know, New York, you know, when you do the whole circuit, like, do you usually do like uh, multiple sets uh, per night at different like clubs and venues? Or do you do that grind? Because I know some comedians that, you know, do three, four sets. And I'm like, how, oh, do you, yeah. how, how the hell do you do that? Like, I'm just fascinated What's, by uh, that. Yeah. Well, especially early on when, when you're not, you know, you're not booked on a real show. So you're mm-hmm. doing open mics, mm-hmm. right? Where, where anyone could do it. Some of them, you have to, some of them are free. Some of them you have to actually pay to perform or you have to like buy a drink or something to support the venue. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're, when you first start for your first few years, you're doing a lot of these open mics and yeah, you want to do as many as you can. So, I mean, I think the most I ever did in the night was like five, but I would try to do at least two sometimes three um then once in a while maybe you know be one or you know or every once in a while you go, you don't get any in because you know something happens in your life that you have to deal with but you want to do as many of those as you can because that's just how you figure out let's say you just get comfortable on stage figure out like who you're gonna who you are on stage and 
Yeah. Um, and just like get up that learning curve as fast as you can. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And like, look, we'd, we'd all love, I, and now that I, that I do get more shows, I don't do open mics as much. Mm -hmm. I'm not against them. Cause sometimes you write something brand new and you can't do it on a show. Cause you don't know if it's funny. Like you don't know if you other people. Test it out. Yeah. Yeah. You might find, I might find something. We all have sort of quirky senses of humor and mm. stuff. So there's something that I might think is hysterical that no one else is going to agree with, but I can't, I don't know that until I tell someone exactly. or tell a group of people. Um, so you got, you might still, you still sometimes you just go to an open mic. You got to experiment. Um, yeah. And, and you know, I, I'm lucky enough that I get booked on shows and every once in a while I get booked, I get more than one show a night. It'd be, I would, if I could get booked on four shows a night, I would do them. Now, it's usually, just, is it like in different uh, boroughs? Like you have to go from like, you know, Manhattan to like Brooklyn or whatever. It sometimes. Might be, or, or is it sometimes, sometimes. You, you'll get lucky and it's usually all like in the same area. So it's a little bit less stressful on, you know, getting to that next yeah. venue. Yeah. I mean, look, you have to, when people, ask, when, when you're in a, when you're lucky enough to be in a situation where, where people are asking you to do multiple shows on, on the same day, you just have to figure out if you can actually make it work or not. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot like in the city that, you know, where as long as the subway doesn't stop on you, um, which does happen from time to time, mm -hmm. as long as the subway's working okay, you can get from place to place pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, you, you can do something in um, the East Village and then run to the Upper West Side. And as long as you've got enough time in between, you can make it work. Yeah. And so it comes down to how bad you want it to, like, and just in general for anything, you know, if you, if you want something really bad, especially something in the arts, you know, you know, you have to, it's all about being, you know, persistent and consistent and, and, you know, there's going to be nights where it might get really stressful, you know, I don't know from like a, you know, comedian aspect, but just as like a podcaster and actor and all this, like, you know, it, there's a lot that comes with it that people really don't know, you know, behind the scenes. And, and it's, it's a, it's a real journey. It's a, you know, it, that it just doesn't happen overnight, especially, you know, with, you know, acting and, and comedy, you know, it takes, you know, you know, it takes, you know, sometimes people over a decade to, to really even yeah. hit, hit the surface, um, on, on, you know, on certain levels, but, um, it's just, a, it's just, you know, and it also comes down to like, you have to really love what you're doing, you know, and obviously I have so much respect for comedians because, you know, you know, obviously actors and musicians, but just, you know, comedians, especially because, you know, I don't know how, I, I, I wish I could be funny. Like, I wish I could like go on stage and tell jokes. Like, I just don't, I just don't have that talent. So like, I, I, I really respect, you know, anyone that, you know, can do that on top of having really funny material and, and you i've watched you know a lot of clips on your instagram and i was checking out some material material mm. and adam like you were really funny like, you're really hilarious. oh thank you and uh and i'm not i'm not just saying that and i'm sure you get that a lot but you know um you are like really funny you, you know and i'm really excited to see like just you know more content from you but I got to ask you, like, who were you, like, who, who were your main influences um, growing up oh, who got you kind of yeah. into comedy or who made you kind of want to be a comic? Oh, man, that's interesting because, you know, a lot of people will, will sort of point to, like, the comedy they, like, listened to as a kid or something. And mm. um, and I didn't I, I didn't listen to much stand-up comedy growing up. Like, I heard a few things here or there. Yeah, same. But it wasn't, it, it wasn't, like, something that was a big part of my – like childhood or anything like that. Um, so it was more when I started really exploring, you know, all of the, the comedy that you know already exists. Once I sort of as I started doing it, which is sort of an interesting uh, 
way to approach it. So like my info, like as I was getting influenced by people that I sort of discovered after I'd already started getting on stage. Um, okay. So they, so it tends to also be like sort of newer, newer, very successful comics. And, mm. you know, um, that are still, that I still, you know, that I sometimes, that in, in some cases people I see like in New York from time to time, which is kind of wild. Um, but like, like who, comedians, who, who's like, like the biggest uh, comedian that you've yeah. seen just out of curiosity. Oh, like the biggest person I've, I've seen. Yeah. Um, like, or like had an interaction with, or. Like, I mean, I may have only said hi when he walked into the club, but like, you know, I've been just in the, in the sort of bar of New York comedy club and Andrew Schultz walks in and he's, oh, wow. he's become very, very big. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I really, I really yeah. respect like his, he figured out a way during the pandemic with content right. creation and putting out how he's putting out those those clips of him just you know punchline 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 he like figured out like you know a very good like marketing strategy and i feel like he kind of like revolutionized yeah. it to a certain degree um with with comics putting out material and a lot oh, of people definitely, started, you know emulating yeah. that yeah oh he's definitely a pioneer and he got to youtube very early and he's also just incredibly funny talented guy mm -hmm. um but it's it's interesting in comedy because some of the you know it's it's um like i'm, I'm not it's very if you're a new actor it's like you don't just like bump into tom cruise you know what i mean exactly like it's there there's a separation there's um, maybe, maybe if you happen to be cast in a movie mm -hmm. and, you, and you're in a scene with them or something but you don't just see someone like that whereas in comedy it's you, you know you could just be at a comedy club and like Dave Chappelle could walk in and just start talking to people. That'd it's very, crazy. very different. There's, there's way more. I mean, I've been in clubs where in New York when Chappelle kind of came in and, and it's, it's, um, cause he, he's, he pops into the stand sometimes when he's in New York, but, uh, there's a lot more, there's sort of more accessibility to the, to sort of like the top 0.1%. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, but also the people that I kind of sort of idolize and, and just think very highly of, and you know, comedy's tricky because you don't you don't want to you can't copy someone, yeah, because they've already done it. You kind of have to find your own voice and 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 type of jokes. But you still have people that you uh, you sort of like respect and that influence you. And I you know, comics like like Joe List and Sam Morell and Mark Norman, who I, I love all three of those guys and all watch three. anything that they Yeah. I don't yeah. Mean, I don't Anything they produce, right. I will watch. Yeah. yeah. But like I like I bump into them. Wow. And I'm on and I'm sometimes I'm on a show with them. I, it's funny though, you might be on a show with someone and not actually ever see them. Like they they might have done their set and have left to go to a different club before I even show up, but mm -hmm. we're on the same show. But um like that's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's to me. That's, that's like awesome. To me, it's like I'm on. It's like being in a movie with Tom Cruise. It's wild. Hell um, yeah! I I watch I watch all their content. You know, um, oh, they're great. It's funny. Like uh, Sam Morell just like viewed my story the other day. It's funny that you said that. And I that just made my day because like I, I I you know he's a oh, very, yeah. very funny comic and uh, you know Joe List. You know he he's from the Boston area. I believe he's from Boston. Yeah. So oh, I should I should have mentioned Gary Goldman as well. Who's also oh, yeah. from Boston. Yeah. Yeah. What's your take, you know, uh, so, well, first, let me ask you this. When you were going to school in Boston, what, what time period was this in? Uh, let's see, like, like roughly early 2000s. Okay. So, um, 
was a while, so, a while so ago. Yeah. Obviously, during that time, it was you know maybe maybe a little bit before, but and a little bit after. But then you had so many people coming out, like, like Patrice O'Neill, you know, Dane Cook, Bill Burr, Bill Burr, you know, Rogan, Louis. Louis. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, and Patrice was something special. He was just. I would just mm. love to hear his take on things, you know, what's going on with the world today with, you know, cancel culture and, you know, PC and everything. I would just love to hear his, his point of view. Um, but yeah, um, I, I like to ask comics also in what was like your, your first time dealing with like a heckler? Do you, do you like oh. recall that? You know, I don't recall like the first time and i and i i guess i'm i'm sort of lucky in that i've never i've had really bad crowds where everyone's talking or people are shouting stuff at you that must be but, so annoying oh it's very annoying and you have to just kind of give in to the fact that it's not going to be like a great show mm-hmm. and and sort of do your best and and um you know keep a smile on your face keep telling your jokes and not not let anyone know how mad you are <laughs> about what's happening but but i've never but it I've only, I've like 99% of heckles are people that legit, like they're, you know, maybe they're, they've had a few drinks or maybe they're just a little uh, off, but they're in their, their hearts in the right place in the sense that they think that, that they're helping. Mm. I think most heckle they're not. And no, and, and if you're listening to this, you shouldn't heckle. If you're at a comedy show and a com- comedian asks you a question, just answer, just answer the question. Don't try to be funny. Let the comedian make it funny. And, but otherwise just enjoy and laugh and stuff. But, um, Exactly. I've never had someone heckle me where I really felt like their intent was mean. Oh, wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so like I've had someone uh, walk out, like kind of yell, like, that's not funny. That's inappropriate. And like walk and and then they quickly left, you know, or were escorted out of the room. So wow. that's kind of the sort of, I guess to me saying something's not funny is probably the meanest thing you could say. Yeah, um, definitely. But in the moment, everyone else was laughing at the joke. So I was like, yeah, that's one, you know, it's one person that didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and but I've never had, I've never had someone just consistently coming at me from the crowd in, in sort of, in a mean sort of vindictive, like kind of way. That's a good thing. Cause I, I've interviewed, you know, about like five comics so far and they've all had like really bad stories. I know, I know it, it just comes with it, but uh, I guess, well, you do I have guess some, I... you know, you have you have some people that just talk, yeah. and it can ruin. Just it can ruin the show because yeah. you're, you know, well, there's some people. There's one thing where people are talking to each other at a table. But you, you shouldn't know? be doing that when you're at a when when no, you, you it's know, really annoying. Someone's doing their it's, job, and it's, like, and on. it's it's also to, to me. I always view it as um, if you're talking, you're you're ruining the experience for everyone else, uh, and everyone paid the same amount to be there, so. You're like you're almost like stealing from the other audience members. I mean, you're you're making me as the comic have, have I'm not having as much fun, and I might in fact be having no fun at all. I just want this thing to be over because you got to keep you know, there's so much. Yeah. yeah, but you're you're stealing the the entertainment experience from everyone else in that room that also paid the twenty dollar cover charge and is also buying a drink and whatever. And that just you know to me that's just such an incredible level of selfishness mm, it um, definitely to, is. to do that to, to everyone else. And that's why I just sort of feel bad for for everyone in the room when when it gets really sort of extreme. Um, but there's people that just they just like saying things after every joke like agreeing with you like that was right or great a great joke or that's funny just, just like just say, laugh. Say, yeah just say it to yourself yeah like, just laugh yeah just laugh <laughs> exactly um, um but so you kind of like started to get into comedy like you said in around like 2010 and obviously so much has 
changed, you know, like I was talking, I don't want to get into yeah. it too much, but with like just cancel culture and things like that. So do, are, when you write material, you know, are you a little bit like more self-aware, like about what you're writing or, you know, just because of, oh, you know, yeah. how other people might view it. And even though at the, at the end of the day, people need to understand, you know, at least this is my you know point of view, you know, comedy, you know, com comedy, you know, there's, you, you got to push the boundaries on certain topics. And, you know, that's the beautiful thing. That's the beauty of comedy is, you know, you can, you have a little bit more freedom, but even with just like censorship and just with the way the world's going, like, do, do you have like any, like, do you have like a certain process of when, when you're writing, like, of, of just making sure you don't say the wrong thing just because of how it might come off or you're just right. not worried about that at all? Oh, no, it's a great question. And I would say like, um, I'd say like I'm very conscious of it. And mm. um, like the one thing that you, that, that uh, like I, I don't believe in sen in sort of censorship. Yeah, neither um, do I. Of, of like, uh, especially, of like certainly of comedy, yeah. but even more broadly, even more, but I don't think you should censor comics, but at the same time, I will say that um, that the the fact that comedy shouldn't be censored should is not an excuse for comedians to say things that they shouldn't be saying. I agree. And and I'm and and I you know especially newer younger comedians that think I'm allowed to say anything, so they get up there, and 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 sometimes you're like that feels like hate speech. Yeah. Or that feels so like and it's not funny. And the the reality is you. You know, I, I'm always, I, you know, I generally write clean mm -hmm. and, and it's not that I don't have some jokes that are like maybe a little, a little dirty, like a little sexual or something, but they're, they're pretty, as far as like a sex joke or something, mine are pretty tame and I don't swear. And like some certain big, like hot button topics, I have, a, you know. I'll I'll I free I'll write a few jokes here and there that will just come out of me that are about like more controversial topics. But for the most part, um, my approach has always been like you get more work if you're clean. Um, I'm trying to just entertain people and make them laugh. I, I, my job is not to uh, change someone's mind about a topic or you know evoke some like deep thoughts on something. Yeah, um, I'm not I'm not trying I'm not trying to get away with something, yeah. but um, and I also feel like as a newer comic, you know, I just want to be funny. Yeah. And 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 as I. You know, and I'm just at the point now where I feel like I could start doing some jokes about slightly more controversial type things because I'm more comfortable. And if it goes wrong, I have I can go back to the other stuff and I can I can figure it out. But it's still kind of um, a risk a little bit, right? Still kind of a risk, but yeah. I, like, I'm able to take more, like, I think I'm able to take more risks today than I could have three years ago. And I'm yeah. sure th three years from now, I'll be able to take more risks than I can take today. Like you grow into it. Definitely. Um, you know, Ch Chappelle or Louie or uh, Rogan or Chris Rock or um, Nikki Glaser. I want to make sure I mention some female comics. Yeah, Nick, some Nikki's super funny. hilarious. Whitney's yeah, funny. Yeah. Whitney, um, Taylor Tomlinson. Yeah, Taylor like, these Tomlinson are people, is they, hilarious. Yeah. I mean, they can talk about things that, like, you know, I can't talk about. Yeah. Um, because, and they're more experienced and they know what they're doing. But I also think you have to, like, when you start doing stand up, you really put yourself up to a mirror and you have to say, like, 
there are certain things that that are it's not that they're inappropriate to say on stage, mm-hmm. but I can't I can't say them if they come out of my mouth out of this face. They get perceived in a certain way where if they come out of another face, they get perceived a different way. Yeah. So you have to figure out, you have to also figure out what you can get away with and Mm -hmm. what works for you as opposed to just like, I shouldn't be talking about this. It's like, well, maybe I shouldn't, but maybe someone else can. Yeah. And you have to, you sort of figure out because it's, it's very interesting that people perceive you in a very different way than you perceive yourself. And you have to figure out how an, and you have some ability to manipulate that once an audience gets to know you. But mm-hmm. when you walk on stage and you're not famous, no one knows you. So all they have to go on is what you look like on stage. And they're, first and impression. Everyone, yeah. Right. And they're going to make a first impression, um, which, look, is why so many people, you know, have some sort of opening joke that is somehow related to what they look like. Because the setup is already done for you because people have just looked at you. Kind of breaks the tension, right? Yeah, and if you and if you say I get it, you know, I look like this. They're like, okay, yeah, yeah. We, we, we I'm glad you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> we, that's what because that's what we were all thinking, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm not. Yeah, I'm not too. I'm not too controversial at this point. But like, I'm not. You know, who knows what'll happen a few years from now? Um, we'll just uh, we'll have to see. But I do think. Look, I think people that just be like. They're like, it's free speech. Nothing should be censored. I can say whatever I want. And that's the depth. That's like the, their complete view on, you know, where we stand today culturally around uh, what should be said and shouldn't said. I think that's a very um, problematic view. I think the right thing is there's, we shouldn't, there shouldn't be censorship, but every individual should be thoughtful about what they're saying. If they're talking in front of a group of people. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, and I just have a few more questions, Adam. So, was there a moment, you know, especially, you know, maybe even, you know, going back to even like 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, where, you know, there was a moment where you were like, oh, oh, shit, I, I think like I can actually really do this or like I think that this, yeah. can, this can really be like a I, th- like I think this is I can do this like this is really starting to, you know, work. Yeah, that, oh, that's such a great, that's such a great question. Because I feel like there, yeah, there, there's moments along the way where all of a sudden, because I feel like there's a progression in comedy, at least for me, where it's not like some sort of linear growth. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like a step function. Like, you feel like you're not getting anywhere. And then all of a sudden, like you jump up 10 feet. And then you feel like you're not getting anywhere. And then you jump up 10 feet. And mm-hmm. um, every once in a while, when you make one of those jumps, you have that moment where you're like, oh, like I'm getting better or I'm figuring this out. Or this is, yeah. you know, um, yeah, I can definitely. So in terms really. of like, yeah, like I think I still, I'm still waiting for that. Like one thing where I'm like, okay, this is it now. You know what I mean? Um, but that'll because, come. That, that will definitely come. I mean, you, you're not even 10 years in. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, I put an hour on tape last year and put it out on YouTube and I had no expectations for what would happen. Mm. It was just, I felt like, um, I felt like no one's no one's gonna come and like discover you anymore. It's sort of a different process these days. So I you felt like I needed to yeah. do something. You mean, have to make yourself discoverable, if that makes sense. And exactly. so, um, and now you know, and as of today, probably eighty-one thousand people have watched it. And oh, I, wow. I wasn't, I, I didn't know if like, I was like maybe a few hundred people will watch it. 
but I'll put it out there and then I'll have a bunch of, you know, Instagram clips. And it as it turns out, 80,000 people watched it. Like the comments have been very, very positive. Um, and I think that, that thing doing well and now being able to say that kind of I have an hour special on YouTube that 81,000 people have watched really kind of definitely gives me some confidence that like there are people that enjoy what I'm doing, you know, and even oh, someone man. like you, like even this, this conversation, the fact that you saw something on Instagram and, uh, and deemed to be worthy of, of being on your podcast, that tells me that there are people out there that like what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And look, I don't, you don't need a million fans to be a, to be a, a professional comedian that pays their bills telling jokes. No, you don't. Like I, if you have 5,000 people that enjoy what you're doing and will consume your content, you can make a living. Yeah. So, definitely. You just have to, you know, it's look, it's that's still not easy, but mm. saying you need five, you know, 5,000 people, um, that feels a lot more manageable than a million, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I guess one of the last questions I have, and this is just coming from someone that, you know, who's an act, you know, aspiring actor, and just obviously, you know, I've been podcasting, you know, on it, you know, I, I basically, you know, I don't know if you know, but I, I started podcasting with Joe Rogan at the same, oh, wow. at the same time, not like with him directly, but we started on the same website called, oh, sure. uh, called ustream.com around the same right, time right. in 2010. And I was only 16. I was, I was really ahead of my time, but I ended up like stopping for some years. So like, you know, yeah, I, yeah. it was just a, it was a failure like that I've made, but I, you know, you learn from your failure failures and you know sure, you grow sure. from that. But from, from, you know, being as you, you know, you're a comedian and I'm an actor and, you know, we're both kind of going in, in this entertainment, you know, showbiz industry, you know, when you see other people, at least when I see the, you know, I'll give you an example, like if I'm watching like a T, you know, a TV show and, you know, there's an actor with like a very, very small role and I see just, you know, their acting skills are like, like, I know that I'm a better actor than that person. Like, yes, that person, right. you know, is obviously more successful, quote unquote, on, I, you know, on paper, IMBD, you know, whatever you want to, you know, categorize it. But, right, right, you know, right. you know th- there's obviously, you know, you're going to, there's going to be people that are less talented that, you know, maybe progress at certain levels, you know, during your journey, you know, till you get to like that finish line. Do you like find it, is it more like frustrate, like, is it a little self doubt or is it more frustration or is there any frustration? Like just like the system on how it's built, just like how, like with like comedy, just like with acting just like how it's built on how, like what the odds are and like what you have to do to make it and networking and things like that. And, and then seeing it, like, I'm not trying to shit on other comics, you know, you know, but just, no, no, no. I know, I know what you're saying. I'm sure yeah, like, yeah. you come across people that you're like, I'm better than this person. Like how, like, how is he doing this at times? Or like, you know, yeah. you know, and what's like, what's your thought process? Like usually like when, it, when that, when you see that or that, if that ever happens to you, I'm just curious. Yeah, from I think, comedian no, standpoint. I think, look, I think that's a great question because I do think um, you're the first thing you have to realize with anything, I think, is that it's not fair. Mm-hmm. Nothing's fair has nothing to do with it. And um, and your abilities and how good you are at something. And this is this is not this transcends like stand comedy to lots of different things. But your ability at it is is going to be like certainly correlated to like your success, but not in a perfect way. 
And there will always be someone who you perceive as lesser than you that does better. Exactly. And if you can't handle that, you're just gonna you're just gonna be a miserable person. So you have to just realize that sort of like everyone's on their own journey and is gonna go at a different pace. Mm -hmm. And um, it's I think it's human nature and inevitable that we all compare ourselves to other people. Yeah. But you gotta be. So you're gonna do it because you can't help it. But you also you have to just do it with with sort of um, you have to try to not like do it as little as possible mm -hmm. and understand that. Um, that one, there's things you might see someone and think I'm better than them. How come they're doing better than me? And you don't know everything that they're up to. Yeah, exactly. Like there could be things going on in the background that you just don't understand that, that are, and there's always a reason when someone gets something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, certain people get things at different times and for different reasons. Yeah. And, and, um, you, you can't, it's, it can be very frustrating, mm. but you can't let it get, you can't let it get to you. And you got to try to, you got to try to just, keep pushing minimize you just gotta try to keep pushing and like and think and try to think of yourself and what you've achieved and if you're happy with where you are yeah. irrespective of where someone else is like they might be way ahead of you but are you happy like if you forget about them are you happy with where you are are you getting what you want and exactly continuing to push and they might be ahead of you now in five years from now you might be way ahead of them who knows exactly and i always so, say you gotta you gotta just trust the the journey because when when you do make it to that finish line you know, you want to be able to reflect back on all those moments and be able to appreciate all those highs and even the lows. Yeah. Um, you know, especially the lows, you know, to be able to, you know, because that defines, you know, your character at times, you know, just how you, you know, deal with those lows and everything, especially going into, you know, you know, comedy or yeah. acting or art or what. what but if what, you worry, yeah, if you, yeah. If you worry about what other people are doing, what you're, all you're doing is taking energy away from focusing on getting better yourself. So, yeah. Like whenever I, I do find myself, whenever I do find myself sliding into that kind of mindset, mm -hmm. I just try to like refocus that energy on 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 myself and, and try not to do. worry about it. Because you're going to see that stuff. You're going to see that stuff all the time, and you're not going to fully. You're like you're if you if you're on social media and you're just following a bunch of comics, for example, at some mm -hmm. point you're going to be like, "How did that happen?" Yeah. And you know what? Someone else is following me and seeing me get something and thinking, "How did he get that?" Mm -hmm. So. It, just remember there's all there's, the way you're looking at other people there's people looking at you that way mm. and and focus on yourself but it's very it's easier said than done it's tough yeah no i definitely agree and i actually like your point of view um adam do you have any upcoming shows that you can promote or you want to plug or anything that you have in the works oh well um let's see when would this come out um so this will come out today Oh, come today. Yeah. Well, if anyone is uh, in Pennsylvania, in near Hanover, Pennsylvania, I'm there. Uh, I'm there tonight and tomorrow. Okay. Headlining at the Church of Satire Comedy Club, so you should come out to Hanover, Pennsylvania. And then next week, uh, next Wednesday through Sunday, I'm at McCurdy's in Sarasota, Florida, opening for Jim McHugh, and those will be great shows. So, oh, that's I awesome. can throw that in there. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Adam, uh, what's the name of your that special that you released uh, recently? Oh, sure. Yeah, it's it's on YouTube. It's called According to Plan. According to Plan. And, um, and you can, you know, Adam Mueller comedy. There's a bunch of stuff on there. Another thing I do on my YouTube channel, which is an experiment that I'm not sure if it's working yet, but I'm going to keep doing it, is I throw up like a set of the week. So every Wednesday, I put up like a full set, like a short, you know, ten. It might be five minutes. It might be fifteen. But I put up a short set um, for a week, and then a week later, I take it down and replace it with a different one. So, um, 
if you're if you like my comedy and you want to just sort of constantly see new sets check it out every wednesday and you'll see something different ah i i did not see that i'm gonna have to go check that out but that's actually a very smart thing that that's very yeah because i don't want to i don't want to leave all my i don't want to leave all my content just up forever you know but i feel like a set of the week is kind of fun and Definitely. People have a kind of a week, a week to watch it, and then uh, and then it's gone. Yeah, I, I actually think that's brilliant. Um, Adam, also, where can people follow you on social media? Yeah, so on Instagram, at Adam, uh, dot Mueller, and It's spelled M-U-L-L-E-R. Uh, same handle for um, TikTok. And I don't, do, I don't tweet much, but I am Adam underscore Mueller on Twitter. Okay. Yeah, definitely everyone go give Adam a follow. He's really hysterical. And Adam, like, I really, I really can't wait to see everything that you're coming out with this year and for the years to come. And when I come to New York this year, I'll definitely um, try to figure out wh- where you're uh, headlining or playing at and uh, definitely have to come check you out in person. Oh, definitely. That'd be great. Yeah. Thank you so much, Adam, for coming on the show. I hey, really appreciate all right, it. Thank, yeah, thanks for having me, Justin. It's all been right. fun. Thanks, man. Have a great day. You too. Take care. If you are a business owner, brand, company, or anyone selling a product and you want to advertise on this podcast, email the show directly at onairwithjt at gmail.com. We are offering extremely low rates for a limited time. Once again, email the show at onairwithjt at gmail.com. Listen to On Air with JT on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Go to onairwithjt.com.